gratitude is the first step into experiencing the presence of God. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. It all begins with gratitude. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get God, immediately, just go to gratitude. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast. I'm Robert sitting here with Chad. And right out of the gate, let's talk about this, Chad. We've been talking about Proverbs, talking about finances and all of that. We we touched on this last week, but I, I want us to talk about contentment because uh, it's not just in Proverbs. You see this throughout the New Testament. Uh, Paul writes about this godliness with contentment is great, great gain. gain. And he talks about, man, if I have food I have clothing. That's that's enough. You, you see this theme of contentment go beyond just Proverbs throughout the Bible of, of the benefits of contentment. So if somebody's listening and they feel discontent, which by the way, is all of us in some area at some moment. So uh, is feeling discontent. How do you get content if you're in a place of discontentment? The secret to contentment is gratitude, uh, gratefulness for what you have, uh, an acknowledgement of actually what you have. Uh, the problem with modern society with marketing, so you have all these businesses wanting our business, and so they're keeping us laser focused on what we don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media is keeping us laser focused on what we, we don't have. And our own hearts, because we're all greedy. That's mm-hmm. the one sin nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. But the truth is all of us deal with it. Um, it keeps us laser focused on what we don't have. Yeah. So the secret to contentment is is gratitude for what we do have. And that's actually a secret of happiness too. Because the more grateful you are, the happier you will will be. Also, just a little bonus, since I'm a pastor and all that, uh, gratitude is the first step into experiencing the presence of God. Mm -hmm. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. It all begins with gratitude. Uh, So if you want to get God immediately, just go to gratitude. Yeah. Uh, and be, and begin to thank him. But yeah, our society keeps us laser focused on what we don't have. Mm-hmm. Contentment is being grateful for what we do. Yeah, that's that's so good. I'm going to, so I'm going to repeat it back because I, I think we could probably just end there and that this would be a really good podcast. That just popped out. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, so the key to discontentment is gratitude. The the key to greed is generosity. It, it's shifting from what our culture says. No, you need to focus on what you don't have to focus on what you do have. Uh, everybody listening to this right now, and I know some people are dealing with some difficult things, going through a tough season, whatever that may look like for you. Uh, every single one of us, we have something to be grateful for. Uh, and as much as it might not feel like that's true, uh, I'm just going to tell you that is true. And so to pause and to evaluate and to assess, okay, what is it that I could be grateful for right now? It really is a key to uh, to experiencing gratitude and, and being freed of discontentment. Well, grace is a gift, which means you, you, you don't earn it. You know, you, you, you receive it. And so the result of understanding God's grace in your life is, is gratitude. Um, discontentment, again, is, is the goal of all marketing. Mm-hmm. So uh, when somebody's putting together a commercial uh, or an ad, their, their whole goal is to help you feel discontent. And you're not going to be content until you, until you have it. Can I, can I just say, so one of the, the greatest thing of modern times, and I know it, it's caused a lot of other issues in, in life and relationships, is things like streaming media, like Netflix, like all of these things. Because... I don't watch commercials anymore. And then once in a while, 
I'll stream live sports like football, whatever it is. And I'll, I'll be reminded that commercials still exist. Yeah. And it's exhausting. Well, social media is made up for it. Yeah. And, and, and they're sending ads to you all the time and, and they're, they're tracking your algorithm so they know exactly how to hit your discontent button mm-hmm. uh, to, to help you to help you buy something. Yeah. So we make up for it now by browsing Amazon, by going on social media, by driving down the, the road and you got billboards and all of that. So we still get advertised too, for sure. Well, comparison is the thief of joy mm-hmm. and, and social media, you know, you're comparing all your behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel. Yeah. So all, all that is there. And the truth is we have to fight that. I mean, I'm, I'm not, sitting here going, I figured it all out Mm because I have days when I'm very discontent Mm -hmm. uh, as much as God has blessed me. And I, and I have to, uh, I have to repent. I'm I'm really grateful that God is uh, patient with me because I pray a lot of dumb prayers. (laughs) And, and (laughs) give it, give us an example of one of your dumb prayers. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm even too embarrassed. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, you're not my pastor anymore. No, it's a safe place. It's just us and you know, the thousands of listeners on the podcast. Go ahead. I, I am so selfish. So on my very best day, I'm still a selfish jerk, at least on the inside. I got a pretty good filter. So, so that <laughs> yeah. helps. But most, most of my prayers have to do with me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, why are you blessing them and not, and not me? Mm-hmm. Right? Why do they have that? I don't have that. Why, why, why? And it could be, you know, why is their marriage this way and mine's not? Why is, I mean, on and why is their church like this and mine's not? On and on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. Why do they get to be tall and I don't? <laughs> right? Uh, nothing personal there at all. So, I mean, you know, take your pick, yeah. right? And yet on the flip side, God has overwhelmed my life with his grace. Um, God has overwhelmed me with, with blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my church. I love my family. I, I love my friends. This, this is not in any particular order, but I, I, I'm blessed beyond measure if I pay attention. Mm-hmm. So gratitude kind of breeds awareness mm-hmm. um, and awareness sometimes in the wrong direction will, will breed, will breed greed. Um, so if I really sit down and choose to be grateful and I really start thinking about it, I'm, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I focus on what I don't have, I get real greedy real fast. So as, as you're talking about this and in, in, in the realm of marketing, but really the whole culture of, of discontentment. So there, there is an enemy uh, that, that we have, that God has, um, and, and the enemy speaks lies. And a lot of times we think, okay, you know, temptation and the devil and all that's real obvious. And it's the big things and all of that. Uh, the, the devil is far more cunning than that. And the lies are a whole lot more subtle. And so even thinking about marketing, commercials, discontentment, all of that behind all of those things, there's a lie. Uh, marketing, just to be real blunt, marketing is just full of lies. Uh, it's, it's what drives marketing. It's, it's what fuels it. It's what makes it effective is there's these subtle lies behind all of it. So when you watch a commercial for Domino's pizza and you watch that commercial somewhere in that commercial is a lie. There's probably several, but there's, <laughs> there's a lie that. Why are you man, picking on Domino's? Bro? I, I just, it's the first thing that popped up. We love in my you, head. Domino's. Yeah. 
I hope, I hope we get a sponsorship deal with you. Um, not with what I'm about to say, but in the commercial, it's, you know, if I get this Domino's pizza, I'm going to be the most popular person at the party and we're going to socialize and people are going to like who I am. You get a Domino's pizza. Okay. That might not actually happen, but there's a lie somewhere behind it. If I drive this car, all of a sudden my marriage is going to be great. We're going to go on long road trips through the countryside with the windows down, you know, and the dog with his head out the window and the kids are going to be smiling the whole time. Let me just tell you, no, they're not. They're going to be miserable. They're going to drive you nuts. You're going to be fighting, you know, life. yeah, it's just life's going to happen, but there's a lie behind all of that. And we, we believe the lies and we think, well, gosh, if I had that thing, if I drove that, if I got the Domino's pizza, then all those things that happened in the marketing would come true for me. And, and it, it keeps us chasing after those lies. I just started reading uh, Craig Rochelle's book on the, the battle of the mind. Uh-huh. I, I don't know the exact name of it off the top of my head. So I think it's winning the war in your mind. Winning the war in your mind. You nailed it, Robert. Thank you. I just started reading it this morning and, and he said this and it kind of leapt off the page at me. He was talking about the devil and the devil's real. Mm-hmm. The devil hates your guts. And he's trying to still kill and destroy. He, he doesn't like your your life. And uh, he says, you know, you take all the verses that the Bible says about the devil. He only creates one thing. And everything it says about him, he creates lies. Mm-hmm. So is the devil creative? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's creative to your detriment. So mm-hmm. let's give the devil his due. He's very good at lying. Um, I've been amazed when I've visited other places in the world where those people have a whole lot less than I do and they seem a whole lot happier than I am. And I always come back thinking, uh, maybe happiness is not something I buy, mm-hmm. right? Or something I achieve. Maybe happiness is a decision. Maybe it's a state of being. Maybe, maybe it's proper focus. Maybe it's a decision to be grateful. Um, yeah, we, we believe a lot of lies. Mm-hmm. So well, we have to be really careful with that. And too, you, you start believing those lies, you'll do a whole bunch of dumb things. Their yeah. whole goal is to make get you to make financial decisions based on emotion. We talked about that in the last podcast. You never want to make financial decisions based on emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to do it based on math and where you're trying to go in life. It's yeah. a big deal. Well, let's, uh, let's take the truth now and let's, let's replace lies with the truth. So you, you've said this many times, quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. That's a true statement. If you look at what, what is the Bible teaching us? What is the path the Bible is guiding us towards? It's relational health with God, with others. Um, and so re- relationships are a big deal, not stuff, not always wanting more and needing other things, but actually focusing on relationships. So uh, as we've been talking about how we manage our time, how we manage our finances, how we manage all, all that God's stewarded or given us to, to steward, how, how do you take that and leverage that for relationships? How do you actually go, okay, this is no longer just an intellectual study on what the Bible says, but how do I actually apply this in my life and make my life about relationships instead of about stuff? Because in the end, that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, you do what God says. That's how you do that. Mm-hmm. And, and so you got to ask yourself. Uh, so right now we're talking about materialism and money. Mm-hmm. What does God say about that? Mm-hmm. Well, God says there's actually nothing wrong with wealth. What's wrong is when we worship it. Because mm-hmm. the truth is anything that we worship other than God uh, is we're believing a lie. <laughs> we're believing something's going to satisfy or do it for us. Uh, and it's just not going to. And it leads to a whole lot of bad places. So when it comes to money and, and wealth, what, it, what does God say about it? If you do that, regardless of how you feel, if you do that, you're walking the path of truth. Mm -hmm. You're walking God's path. 
and there's there's blessing in it. There's a proverb. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he literally says, God gives you wealth and he adds no burden to it. And just let that sink in, which means you can have stuff and you can actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this this in the last podcast, but you're not in debt, so it's not a source of stress to you. It doesn't own you. You, you own it. Uh, you don't feel guilty about it because you worked hard for it. You're honoring God in everything you do, so you don't have to feel guilty. You can actually enjoy what, what, what you have. Um, and God adds no burden to it because you're worshiping God, mm-hmm. and worshiping God is a place of rest. It's, 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 it's not freedom. a burden. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you worship money, money will leave you. In an instant. Yeah. Money does not care about you. Money, Money does not, not love, love you. Back. you. Mm-hmm. Your house, your car, your job doesn't give a crap about you. Mm-hmm. And so if you put all of your identity in those things, boy, are you going to be sorely disappointed. But the love of God is stellar in this life and forevermore. And so when we worship God and we use money and we have that in the proper perspective, uh, it gives us freedom. Mm-hmm. But when we believe the lie, it always leads to, to bondage. Wait, let me, let me just quote Jesus here. If you know the truth, I'll, I'll do all of it. If you hold to my teachings, John chapter 8, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free. And everybody listening just said free because they know that line. The opposite of freedom would be what? Slavery. Bondage. Mm-hmm. So if truth sets people free, what causes people to be in bondage? Lies. What's the devil's goal for your life? To believe the lies. Bondage. Mm-hmm. Slavery. Yeah. He doesn't want you to enjoy your, mm-hmm. your life. And so, yeah, it's just, how do we be free of all this? Well, you just put it in the proper perspective. You give first to God. Mm-hmm. That's a worship to him. You honor him. You save second. That prepares for the future. And you live on the rest, which teaches you contentment. Yeah. Um, and, and this is God's will for our money. One of the things that I... And I, I want that for everybody yeah. because I've experienced the freedom of it. One yeah. of the things that I, I appreciate uh, that, that you do, Chad. So I, I give at Sun Valley. I give to Sun Valley. I give to uh, the ministries of Sun Valley. I give uh, beyond that as well. Um, and sometimes it just becomes like a routine thing. Okay, this is what you do and, and all of that. Uh, but, but one, two times a year, uh, you make it a point to pause and go, all right, church, Let's talk about the benefits of this. So if all of life is about relationships, okay, so so we're trusting God with our finances. It's not just that my life has been changed by that because now I'm thinking about where my money's going. I'm trusting God. I'm honoring him, not just with my giving, but also how I manage my finances. It's not just benefiting me in trusting God. It benefits others. And one, two times a year, you pause and go, we just rattle off some of the benefits of, of everybody's generosity as a church. Um, and the other thing I love about it too is there, there are benefits that we all share as a church that that no one of us could see accomplished by our, ourselves. But yeah. there's, a, there's a community aspect to it. Um, talk, talk about some of that. One, why do you do that? And then, and then two, what are some of the benefits of, of people giving? Yeah. So here at the church, we, we manage the money the way that we teach everybody to manage their money. We give first, we save second, we live on the rest. That, mm-hmm. That's how we manage the, the finances here at the, at the church. So over the past uh, year, we've given away over $1.7 million. Uh, other ministries, other places uh, in our state, in our country, and in the world to, to, to bless them. Um, and that's a, that's a huge thing. I mean, last year, uh, we received a special offering for uh, Beauty from Ashes Ranch mm-hmm. that uh, takes um, girls and young women that uh, 
have been uh, rescued out of sex trafficking and it, and it helps them uh, heal and experience, um, you know, some, some redemption, not just eternally, but but also in the here and now helps them with future employment, those, those kinds of things. Now, that organization is new, so they're still in process. But we asked the church to give to that and we got over $900,000 uh-huh. uh, with an offering that we're going to give 100% of it away. Um, and, and so we, you know, we've done that and as beauty from ashes grows and, and over time, you know, the next few decades, there's going to be hundreds of ladies that will have ministered to, it'll all be because of the thing that Sun Valley did mm-hmm. on one weekend, uh, through generosity that's going to affect, and, and I'm not overstating this, thousands of lives to come Yeah, because it affects not just this generation, that's going to be hundreds. Yep. But it affects future generations. That's right. That's that's the power of generosity. And and yet, right? So, at, at my house, um, you know, we gave a, a certain amount for each person in the house. So uh, let, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it. So I'm not gonna talk about what we gave. Um, let's say you gave a hundred dollars. So you can buy a pair of jeans, mm-hmm. or you can invest in generations to come. Mm-hmm. It literally is that simple. Yeah. Now you need jeans and I'm okay having nice jeans. Yeah. It's just perspective. So awareness fuels greed. That's the goal of marketing. Mm-hmm. You got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have it. But awareness also fuels generosity. And when you realize that I could give a hundred bucks in, in partnership with 10,000 other people and we can give away almost a million bucks mm-hmm. to, to change generations, that makes me want to give. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the reasons why we stop, why we pause, why we say, let's, let's give 100% away is, is awareness fuels generosity. And I want us to be aware of all the good we can do. Uh, one, if we partner together as a church. And two, if we just choose to give. Mm-hmm. And that's above and beyond. So you talked about, I mean, Katrina and I tithe here at the church. That's 10%. Uh, we, we're giving away another 5% for the initiative that we're in for mm-hmm. launching the South Gilbert campus and remodeling East Mesa. And then we give to some other things. Um, but contentment kind of fuels that. And I experience a lot of joy and contentment through giving much more than, than I do in purchasing. Yeah, I can, I can think of many occasions that I've, I've spent money on something and thought, oh, man, I regret doing that. Uh, I can't think of times that I've been like, you know what? Lindsay and I talked about it. We're going to give to something and it's for a cause. It's for, you know, or, or giving to the church or whatever that looks like that I've been like, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. I really wish I would have kept that and, you know bought more Starbucks and done whatever. But no, it's uh, there, there is a benefit too of being like, okay, it doesn't own me. And, uh, and I get to be a part of something cool, which I think all of us deep down, if, if we got real introspective, um, we, we want to be a part of something far bigger than ourselves. Uh, we want to be a part of a community. We want to be a part of making an, an impact that one day uh, when we go back to being dust, you know, and we, uh, when our, our bodies fail us and, and whatever, uh, that, that we were a part of something that's, that's outliving us, that, that's continuing beyond us. And, uh, and the beautiful thing about what God's doing in and through the church is that outlives us for eternity. And, and we get to be a part of that and celebrating that on, on the other side of, uh, of this life. And so uh, just knowing that deep down, that's what satisfies the soul. At least for me, when I really pause and go, okay, what is my life all about? What do I want to be a part of? Um, at, the, at the end of a, a day or at the end of 100 years from now, what genes I had, doesn't matter nearly as much as, wow, these people got to experience the love of Jesus and, and put their trust in him and their eternities and their kids and their grandkids. Eternities were forever changed by that. Uh, I want to be a part of that. 
I don't want to miss out on that. And that's not a guilt shame thing. That's just an honest, that's deeply what my soul longs for. Well, people have this idea that, that money's bad. No, it's not. Um, there are a lot of good things that you can do with money. Mm-hmm. And I think God blesses us to be a blessing. You know, there are a few one-offs where Jesus wants somebody to sell everything they've got. Mm -hmm. Jesus is talking just to that person because he knows that person's heart. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the Bible as a whole, again, if you give first, save second, live on the rest, that that's God's financial plan for all of us. It puts money and materialism in the right perspective. It allows us to enjoy the things that, that we have, and it's okay to have nice things. But it also gives you a lot of freedom over time. So... On the last podcast, you're like, hey, Chad, you know, if you can go back in time, what, you know, what would you tell yourself financially? And I said, I would, you know, give 10%, save 10%, live on the rest. If you start saving 10% of your income mm-hmm. and you're in your 20s, mm-hmm. uh, you will be wealthy. Mm-hmm. E- even if you're never a high income earner, over the next 30 years, you invest that money, put that in, in your 401k, let it build mm-hmm. over the next 20, 30 years, you will have a lot of money. And what that does is... That provides stability for your family, for you and, and for the future. Uh, and it also gives you an opportunity to bless a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some guys who have done so well financially, uh, everything they make now, they give it away. Mm-hmm. And they love it. Yeah. Love it so much more than when they bought the whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, always joke. I'd love that burden of, man, what am I, who am I going to give all this to? Or what am I going to give all this to? Okay. For everybody thinking that, mm-hmm. here would be my next question. Can God trust you with that kind of blessing? Mm-hmm. That's a great would, question. Would you be faithful? Because if you don't give a freaking dime right now, mm-hmm. you cannot be trusted with the blessings of God and he knows it. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is you want to get on his path so that you're managing money his way so that... Maybe the owner of all things will go, you know what? I'm going to entrust you with more. I think they are trustworthy now. Uh, And the truth is there's a natural law there that it just wields over time when you do it God's way. But yeah, we we all have this side. Oh, if I won the lottery, I would be generous. (laughs) No, you wouldn't. If you're not generous now, here's the problem. You're just greedy. You're just not generous. All money does is it reveals more of who we already are. Mm -hmm. So if you're not giving more now, you're not going to give then. So- yeah, I I am for, I teach, I preach, I live. I'm for percentage giving. You decide at the beginning of the year, what are we giving away this year? And you commit to that. Mm-hmm. And then you build everything else around it. So you give, you save, and you live on the rest. It's just it's just the right way to live. Yeah, you, you seem a little passionate about this, Chad. It, it, well, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, I'm going to be texting here and say it's a burr in my saddle. It's a burr in my saddle because it's one of my biggest temptations. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn this lesson the hard way. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my 20s doing stupid things with money. My wife loved me well and helped me in my 30s get out of it. And now I've spent my 40s living the way, you know, well, we lived in our 30s. We lived the way God wants us to live, but we had to dig out of a hole. And and now in our 40s, we, we've experienced the joy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully we'll continue to build on, on that. And I just want that for people. We're so jacked up mm-hmm. in this in this category uh, in, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want freedom for everybody. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned this last week on the podcast. I'm going to mention it again. If uh, if you're in a place where you feel like you're you're upside down financially, you're struggling, um, or you just feel like okay, we're not we're not totally doing this uh, the way God would have us do it. Uh, highly recommend Financial Peace University. My wife and I did that right after uh, she was pregnant with our first kid. We went from two incomes to one income. We did Financial Peace University. It's the right time to do it. It bro. was so good for us. But we were like, if we would have known this when we had two incomes, man, we would have been further ahead. Uh, 
Um, but we started applying the principles and, and it's been a game changer for us. And so I, w- I want that for you if you've not experienced that. Um, and, and there's some other ministries at the church that, that we can help you with that. And again, it's not a, so we can get anything from you. It really is a for you. And I, I want you to experience the, the joy like you're talking about of, of following Jesus in this area. And it really is anytime God gives us guidance in any area of life, it really is for our good. So let's play a little contentment game. All right. And we'll end with this. Okay. Especially for anybody like 35 years of age or older. If you're younger than that, I'll give you an out, but it applies to you too. So for everybody 35 or older, remember when you used to dream about the amount of money you're making right now? Mm -hmm. Just think about it because you used to make half or less, right? And you thought to yourself, man, one day if. if I ever made the amount of money that you're making right now, Like I would have no problems in the world, like everything. Here's my question. How's that working for you? Yeah. It's just a moving target. Mm -hmm. It's just a moving target. Um, Katrina and I, as, as God has blessed us and she started working and she knows really well as a, as a nurse, um, we, we try to think about not just our standard of living, but our standard of giving. And so as it increases, as God blesses us, you know, both go up, not just one. Mm-hmm. So all those things are just super important. Yeah. So give first, save second, live on the rest. Giving first honors God. Saving second builds wealth. And living on the rest teaches contentment. Such an important lesson for all of us. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.